Burrows, welcome to this episode of Marvelous Pod, where we'll be discussing the first half of Marvel's new Disney show, Hawkeye. I'm Laura, and I have both good news and bad news for you. The bad news, unfortunately, our token man, Matthew, is unwell, so he can't make the record tonight. The good, no, great news is that I am still joined by our other host, Abby. Hello. And we all know she's the best one anyway. Well, isn't that the truth? No, that is not the truth. And Matthew will be, I'm sure, deeply and sorely missed by all. But fortunately, he has sent in his homework, so we will be able to regale you with his thoughts as we move through the episodes. Excellent. So while we will miss him, we will still get his input and lots of love and long distance hugs to Matthew. Get well soon, bro. Indeed. So, bro, the three of us were going into Hawkeye with a little trepidation, given we're not great fans of the character or Jeremy Renner in this role. Has Hawkeye delivered a Christmas miracle and changed your mind, Abby? I don't know. I don't know if it's changed my mind about anything, but it's certainly lent into a lot of things and so far been significantly better than I thought it was going to be. So I guess uh-huh. this whole have no expectations thing is doing well. <laughs> Oh, absolutely. Oh, it's really weird doing this without being able to see you. <laughs> yeah, I've also brought um, really poor internet to this evening's party, apparently. So uh, Laura and I can't see each other. Um, can't see me getting gradually redder and drinking a broad selection of drinks. And I can't see Laura squinting when she's not sure where I'm going with my point. <laughs> oh, damn, you've been picking up on that, have you? <laughs> uh, but Just what did you think? camera. What did um, you think? For me, it has been a bit of a Christmas miracle. Uh, I am now doubting why I didn't like Hawkeye in the past, which I (laughs) did not think was going to be the case. But the really weird thing is I can't tell you how he's any different. So um, perhaps he just didn't have enough screen time before, or I'm just feeling less Scrooge-like now that we're in December. Particular areas, the Christmas in New York setting is one of the key things I really enjoy. And I can really see myself adding Hawkeye to my Yuletide Christmas TV rotation. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Um, I mean, I feel like I just want to go into straight away that I think Hawkeye is exactly the same. I think that we're just being allowed to see a lot more consequences. And this show feels like it has a lot of interesting consequences. Um, Logistical, human, um, for relationships, all sorts of things. And... And that's interesting because I think that that has been one of the things that Hawkeye as a character and as a as sort of the way he's been presented in the Avengers so far, I think he's been missing some consequences. Um, so that's, I think that he's interesting and he's never been interesting for a moment before. <laughs> I think you're right. I do wonder if this now, when I do go back and do a, a rewatch, which frankly is a mammoth task now as time has gone on with what 26 films i think now but i do i do feel that if i go back and do a rewatch i may be looking at him differently now that we've got a bit more of this um detail on him i don't think you'd see anything different if you did no but i think i might be looking at him differently (laughs) you'll see what he will become that he will become interesting eventually yes yeah (laughs) okay and i think Seeing him through Kate's eyes has helped. Um, yeah. And he's, he's really good with that bow and arrow. <laughs> that was that was a really, really clever way of making Hawkeye look cool, is have on, someone say 0.2 seconds of him doing something functional and actually <laughs> saving people from a thing, briefly. Just like a really out-of-context Hawkeye moment is is really all that you could get 
that could get you to to fall for Hawkeye as as a hero. I thought it was brilliant. I, I really, really, really loved that. Which bit you talking about? Um, when she so we've got three briefly, episodes. <laughs> yeah, start starting at the beginning, the, the bit where she first sees Hawkeye um, with the burnout. Oh, with the um, during the Battle of New York. Yes. Yeah. So that doesn't half look like a long time ago now. Oh, I know. I know. <laughs> it's really quite and a really long time for them as well because I think this is meant to be twenty twenty five. Really? Yeah, I think oh. it was the director said it was two years after the snap. Oh, sorry, no, two years after Endgame, so twenty twenty five. Gosh. Yes. Is that because Jeremy Renner looks old? No, I think it might be more to do with Kate growing up. Fair enough. So. Interesting. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, I. if we focus on Clint to start with, I really like the fact that I mean, the, the main issue with this plot is he needs to go home for Christmas. <laughs> and I really like that, that that's, that's kind of the stakes. I know there's all the other stuff going on, but that is just seems to be just as important to the story. And I like that sort of lower level, more street level oh, no. issues. Oh, I believe I shouted at my wife halfway through this episode, if this is going to make me stressed about whether or not Hawkeye gets home for Christmas. <laughs> Hawkeye. <laughs> <laughs> but I think, I think they're, they're selling that really well. And mm-hmm. you know, the, the scenes with his kids at the beginning and then in episode three, the call with Nathaniel. I think Renner really sells that scene. I agree. Um, the point from Matthew here saying, I really like we can see so many things going on with Clint. Imposter syndrome, survivor's guilt, parental responsibilities. Mm. Um, and, and I completely agree. It's it's really nice to see a character that isn't just dealing with, with any one of those things, because goodness knows there are plenty of Christmas films that just have one of these strands. Yeah. Um, and Clint really does have like a full pick and mix of issues. Absolutely. Straight away. And I think you know, that very quick shot of when um he's in the bathroom at the um at the show he looks down and sees that Thanos was right graffiti and you just think given I mean everything within you know the reminders of Natasha and everything just oh gutting and he's really being cornered with with trauma and Mm. stress at every single point and you know, one wonders in a sense why you'd take your kids for a theatre trip in New York, much as they may really want to do it, of all of all the things. Yeah, I, <laughs> I'm a bit surprised that he wasn't more mobbed when he was there. Because... Well, I guess it shows how long ago it's been. Yeah. But I mean, if only two years. But there must be other superheroes now. Well, as we know. <laughs> and and I, two. I suppose this was this was something maybe to be seen about the fact that there's the the Avengers the musical I don't know whether the suggestion mm. is that once you get a musical you're um you know in a different category of celebrity yeah I don't know um I realize I have completely blanked on the fact that <laughs> I've forgotten Matthew already so what was Matthew's overall take yeah Matthew didn't really specifically supply us with an overall take in uh, oh, okay. episodes one and two but I, I think there's there's quite a few positive comments overall mm. i think um and obviously obviously we're going to talk about her a great deal but what we have done is start with the titular character um but i think mm-hmm. his his main takeaway from episodes one and two is that Haley steinfeld is a wonderful addition and i'm here for her mm. being in everything um mm-hmm. so I, I think that that 
says that Matthew's pretty on the ride and, and staying with it. Yeah, on um, board. Uh, his his point is that the opening credits montage is superb. And I think that there is, mm. obviously there's been a great deal of talk on Twitter, as there absolutely should be, given that there is not a great deal of mention, mention of it anywhere else in the show, about how this is one of the first uh, TV shows to be firmly based on a comic run, the 2012 run of Hawkeye, uh, written by Matt Fraction, artwork by David Ayer. I'm guessing at the pronunciation, David. Sorry if it's wrong. Um, and the look, when you go and look at the covers, at least, of the comics, which I'm afraid at this point is all I've done, there is a trade paperback coming out of the collection of the comics um, around now, I think, which is expensive, but it just looks extremely good. And everyone who has read these comics uh, is about as outraged as you ought to be that um, the look and feel of the show is not directly credited to the artist uh, because it clearly draws extremely heavily, especially in the credit sequence on that work, uh, which is stunning. No, and, and I, I no, absolutely agree. And I love that the, the credits uh, animation because it, it just very quickly gets across all of the things that Kate's achieved. Yeah. And how she can do all the things that she's doing now, which I mean is kind of ridiculous, but it does get it across without us having to go through um, go through a whole load of exposition. Yeah, and it really sets a a great tone mm. for the show as well. And I think the color palette is mm. really original and really interesting. And again, this is clearly from these comics, which I think um, I have read was one of the best selling comic arts arcs that Marvel has ever had. Mm. Um, I remember reading this at the time and thinking, Hawkeye? Nah. <laughs> but <laughs> I am starting to see that that I may have missed a good run and I feel like I'm going to go back and, and want to read this. Mm. Um, and I know we have a couple of listeners who have indeed uh, read this, so do feel free to send us any thoughts as we go through about how you, about how you think it's going as, as something that is ostensibly based on this run. Yes, although maybe no spoilers, please. Yeah, no spoilers. Just kind of, are they doing a good job? Mm, yeah. And is it that? And how different is it? Is it different? It doesn't seem different. It seems like the thing. Anyway. <laughs> so, Kate. Yeah, Kate. Um, I mean, she is nine, and I, I find that joke <laughs> funny every time. Um, <laughs> especially it being Hayley Steinfeld, who's someone that, you know, we've obviously seen a lot in in uh-huh. the acting including um, when she was nine yes exactly so you know she's she's not radically different obviously being the same mm-hmm. person and all that um i mean you know i'm pretty sure that true grit did not come out very long ago so i'm very willing to accept <laughs> that she is basically a child um <laughs> and of course this is this is in quite wonderful conflict with the very determined self-sufficient organized ish character that we get to meet i i find her and and i, I find it sort of weird that i'm going to say this because it's not usually the kind of word where if i thought it i would apply it but i find her very likable yeah and and she really shouldn't be and even yeah she she really shouldn't be but she really is just so likable it's strange yeah i keep kind of coming back to that <laughs> And I think the writing's great, but I think so much of this does come from Hayley Steinfeld's just charm. Mm. I mean, 
really, if you think about it, she's really quite annoying. <laughs> she's overconfident, ridiculously privileged. She is somehow, at her age, a master of gymnastics, archery, fencing, and martial arts. So, you know, you really should hate her, but just, yeah, I just want more and more of her. One thing I'm a bit annoyed about is um, I watched an episode of um, Dickinson on Apple TV+. Plus. Hmm. And I kind of wish I hadn't because it, it was fine, but... I didn't bother going any further, but it does feel that there's a bit of a crossover in her performance where she plays Emily Dickinson. Oh, right. Um, it's it's really weird. Um, what's the word for it? Where stuff doesn't uh, doesn't fit with the right time period. Oh, yeah. Atemporous, maybe. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of like modern telling. Anachronistic. Modern, anachronistic, thank you. And modern um, language and, and what have you. And she's very modern. Mm. Um, and yet it's within the setting and the costumes and everything um, from the time. So it's, it's, it was interesting. Um, I wouldn't, I'm not sure I'll go back to it, but there was, there's a bit of a, I don't know, I, I'm sort of recognising things between the two and I really wish I'd just gone into Kate mm. without that, um, that baggage. That is difficult. That is difficult when that mm. happens, actually. Mm. Um, but yeah, I, I'm really buying her as that really wealthy competent person who has been allowed to pursue everything and, and enabled to pursue everything she wants to pursue um, in exactly the way she wants to do it and she does just seem <laughs> like one of those super competent people I guess I wonder if it's because like she also has you know like a basement as opposed to yeah a penthouse I don't know but she's still inherited yeah and is still in New York yeah I mean you know it's probably like worth a terrifying amount of money, etc. Well, <laughs> well, yeah. Um, <laughs> I think I think also it's the endearing things like where she's like, okay, I'm going to draw our outfits, and the drawing is just not <laughs> falling. Yeah, yeah, it's just yeah. a drawing. <laughs> like endearing is a really good word. Yeah, she. I mean, she does feel incredibly young. Yeah, for her age, even she does feel very young, but so self assured. And she does wear that whole tux thing very, very well. Oh, she does. She does. Um, yeah, good sense of style, which is not mm. something you can say for everyone in the MCU. <laughs> um, so that's that's pretty good. Um, who, who who's uh, up against your fashion police in the MCU? I mean, does anyone dress well on an off day in the MCU? Uh, I thought Scarlet Witch was pretty good. Mm. Mm. I, uh, mm. I liked um, oh no well I mean you'll be able to tell me but I've forgotten the name of her sister whose sister? Black Widow's sister oh Yelena yeah she had a good jacket <laughs> yes <laughs> so many pockets oh so many pockets I love that <laughs> um, yeah I, I just I don't feel anyone has really thought of um, style and branding and I, I enjoy this kind of bringing in someone from the younger generation uh -huh. um, and having sort of these takes on, on you have you have to control your own narrative you have to decide how you present yourself you have to um, tell people something otherwise they will tell you things and, and that is certainly something we see of Hawkeye is people sure are telling him things mm. and he's not liking them and to a certain extent she really does have a point which I like um, yeah, and I, I like them sort of lampshading it that, you know, yeah, we know he's not your favourite, but we're going to do this series <laughs> about him. 
And it's a branding issue. That's all it is. Well, it is a bit of a branding <laughs> issue. Um, he, he does look super annoying. Um, but, I, yeah. I mean, in terms of the plot and so on, I think it is so interesting to hop in at, at kind of this Hawkeye with so much of this trauma. And then also you've got Kate Bishop with, you know, ostensibly also a fair amount of trauma herself, but someone who's on the up and making choices about her life and, and what she does. And, um, you know, and then I'm not, I'm not entirely sure about the thing with the bell. Can we just talk briefly about this thing with the bell at the beginning? Oh, with the bell tower, yeah. Mm. That's a bit odd, isn't it? Say more. Well, she really causes a lot of damage. Yes. Like a lot of damage. That, that feels mildly implausible. What? Well, how she caused the damage? Mm. Yeah. I'm, uh, it feels the, like, the, like yeah. Some she, serious structural instability to start with, I think. Yeah, and it's, it seems as if she has kind of quite a lot of consequences. For, Does she? I mean, the consequences are her mum has to pay for it. Well, doesn't she get kicked out? No. I don't think so. I assumed she'd been kicked out. I assumed she was just coming home for Christmas. Oh. Well, if she gets to just go back, well, in that, that case, uh, I don't know. I just uh, made my own assumption there. I, and also, I would have thought her mother would have been more angry if she had also got kicked out over it. Although, I, I think her it's mother hard. is weird. It is hard to make any presumptions about her mother. I think there's also something very interesting that she has parents who keep saying that they're going to protect her, but show absolutely zero inclination to do that, including telling her that they're getting married. I so even just going back to the start of episode one, mm. where the hell were her parents when all of this was going off? A great point. I mean, the penthouse was big. But it can't have been that big that well, it took Well, her dad was going to long. his office, wasn't he? Which is why... Well, I thought it was his office in the penthouse. Yeah, I did as well. Yeah. But it sort of... Because she was still yeah. screaming, Daddy. Yeah. It um, was all just very weird. But yeah, it took a very long time for her mum to get to her, mm. which then, seeing as her mum appears to be quite dodgy, mm. I'm wondering if maybe her mum was like murdering her dad or something. <laughs> Or, um, I mean, this is not impossible, surely. No. Or, or So, yeah, I wonder if there's going to be something with the dad, either that she took the opportunity to kind of murder him in order then to blame it on everything that was going on so that they could uh, get the life insurance and therefore getting them out of the debt. Mm. Or have they faked his death again for the same reason? I did, I did wonder if they faked his death. I do wonder if he's going to come back because mm. that's not an unknown actor in that role. I can't remember his name now. I must say, I didn't know who that actor was. Yeah. <laughs> but um, he seemed familiar. Although, let's talk about an actor I do know who they were, mm. um, that we did get to meet, which is Simon Callow. <laughs> do you know, I didn't know about him being cast. And when he came no. on screen, I literally said out loud, is it, is it Simon Callow? <laughs> I like, saw his name in the credits and yelled. Sure it's not. Yeah. No, I, no, I, 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 I miss that. I'm glad I'd, I'd seen, because I would not have believed it. So this is indeed the second person I have met in real life in the MCU. Very exciting. Um, 
I I had a lovely meeting with Simon Callow. It was wonderful. Oh, and, cool. Um, what was the sec- What were the circumstances? He was doing a tour of one of his Dickens books and yeah. um, performing as Dickens, which is the thing that he's been doing much yes. of his life, um, which he does exceptionally well. Uh, and if you've never looked it up, you you really should. He's obviously brilliant. Um, and he was I mean, doing a signing. I I've seen him play Dickens in Doctor Who. Which is the same thing. Yeah, it's exactly the same thing. And and I think it's just so great that Doctor Who was like, there is no one else to ask. Because it's true. I, I just just such a joy. Anyway, he did a signing and um he's also in a really not very well known here, uh Swedish English film called Arn, or I think uh Arn of the Knights Templar or something. They call it something different here. Um, but it's a, an adaptation of a very, very popular um, classic Swedish trilogy of novels. And Simon Cowell is so good in it. He's he's really, really good. And, and I said, oh, I loved you in Arne. And he was like, oh, you saw Arne? Oh, no one's seen it. I, was, I had such a great time. making. We ended up chatting about his like making this film. And he was just so pleased that someone in England had seen it. I was like, I will tell more people. So, Simon, I am sticking to my word. Okay. I am telling the people on the podcast. <laughs> go and find Arne, A-R-N. It's it's a great sort of knight's horseback, knight's templar, sort of Swedish English film. You should watch it. So it's is good. it English language or Swedish? Bit of both, ah. with subtitles in between. Um, good. Well worth a watch. Anyway, I just I, I it's been like ten years, and so I am telling more people to watch that. <laughs> Excellent. So having it fulfilled my promise to Simon Callow. Let's continue to talk about how amazing he is. Uh, Matthew comments, is that really a serious rap on Simon Callow? And and I agree. So speaking of murder conspiracies, can he really be in just this one episode? I'm assuming we'll see some flashbacks, maybe his murder. Mm, there's definitely more to it. It's just, I found that whole presentation of of this incredibly wealthy society and I just loved that underground auction sequence with all these presumably there's a lot of easter eggs in in that room in the auction sequence but I'm afraid I didn't catch um, I didn't think there were actually too many because at the start I thought that the skull mm. um, I thought it was maybe it because it was quite dark because I was watching it in the morning um, I thought it might be a chitari. Oh. Skull, but when I went back, it's not. I think it's a tri- triceratops. So, <laughs> not yet Quite an MCU same thing. hero. No. But, you know, give it time. Working give it time. Mm. But yeah, um, I mean, were you delighted to see Simon Callow? I was. Well, first, I liked that. I was just really shocked because it's just not who you expect to turn up. And I thought he was, um, to my ear anyway, doing a pretty good American accent. Yeah, I thought so. And so. I spent a lot of the time just kind of going, well, it probably isn't him. Because <laughs> I've, I've not, yeah, obviously, I know who he is and what have mm. you, but out of context and, and stuff. And, it is a surprise. Know, old white guy and what have you. So I was like, well, so I did have to stop and actually IMDb to make sure. Um, uh, no, not IMDb because it wasn't on there in time. But anyway, I had to Google and it turned out, yes, there were lots of people talking about it. But um, but yeah, and I thought he was, I thought he was charming until he was incredibly rude to her face about her mum. <laughs> Yes. Now, as as the episodes have gone on, <laughs> I'm starting to see why. <laughs> but um, I did think that was rather out of character from this, you know, rather charming uh, socialite. Yeah, and I do feel like there's something, there is something more interesting that, that we haven't seen mm. in there. Um, no, I'm I'm sure we'll see flashbacks. I mean, I don't think he's coming back. He looked pretty dead 
Uh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> but it would be good to see more, at least in flashbacks. Um, yeah. Have you seen Only Murders in the Building? Yes. Do you get a bit... I mean, is it just because it's New York and murders? But it oh, does, that's what you mean. Well, it has a bit of a feel. Uh, I hadn't, it. other than um something which we'll talk about later because i want to talk mm. more about her mum before we move on yeah but um but yeah so there was something later on with um with maya mm. that made me think of it but uh oh interesting oh no, we will yet. definitely get to that mm. but uh, just something about this kind of odd couple solving murders and especially when she was kind of looking around the room um in that sequence. yeah that, now you say it now you say it, it does actually yeah the bloody butterscotch or <laughs> toffees <laughs> Yeah. I mean, that isn't that big a clue, is it really? Um, Not he's really. probably been to his uncle's house and may have stuffed a few in his pocket. Who wouldn't? Particularly as Jack is clearly lying about how much money he's got. Indeed. So he probably, yeah, filled up on the uh, on the butterscotch. Mm. Yeah, so... So Eleanor. Yes. The mother. Indeed. I mean, what is this relationship? Mm. As you said, not telling... Kate that she was engaged I mean clearly planning to tell her later in the evening but at a public ball I feel like this is... other people knew <laughs> I, I feel like this is a line from Gossip Girl because I'm pretty sure that's in at least three different situations in Gossip Girl where the parents <laughs> like and we're getting married but I expect it in Gossip Girl and I suppose that maybe I, maybe it's a shorthand for for this is the kind of mother she is or, yeah, but I would have thought that the thing is, Kate just seemed really shocked. And it seemed out that of character. Kind of, exactly, if she was that kind of character. But then, later on as well, um, when they're at the security firm's offices, and Eleanor very casually says, oh, I heard about the fire at your apartment. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> what about, I was freaking out about the fire. Where the hell have you been? I've been checking hospitals. You know, mum stuff. Well, she doesn't seem very into mum stuff. No. She has a great line in red dresses, though, I must say. She does. She I, does. I did I did notice that. that was... She she does seem a bit baddie dressing, though. Yeah. And I wonder where that's going, because it's, it's usually the thing where, where the stepfather would be the bad guy. <laughs> she just yeah. seems so terrible. But they, see, they seem to be sort of... I'd, I don't know if both of them are going to be baddies or if one of them is being set up as the misdirect. Because he yeah. seems... Well, she seems dodgy or could be misdirect. Jack is dodgy or could be misdirect. Dad dodgy or misdirect. It feels um, like it's I all a bit on ice. Well. On ice? Yeah, like we just... We don't know. So they're just kind of holding up. Yeah, I, I quite like that we're sort of halfway through. And... and I think there's something with the mystery that I like that it's um it's there, but it's not like, you know, um Wandavision's mystery box was mm. almost at least at the beginning came across as the purpose of the show. Uh, whereas here well it's not the first thing we've talked about, is it? Well Matthew's end comment is it's interesting that the mystery box is in the background, with the character building mm. being the show's primary thing, and I think that's a great point. It mm. it's certainly I think made it more enjoyable to watch. Because I am really interested in these character details rather than what's it all about. Yeah, and hopefully then, as I assume we will get further into the mystery box um, as we go further into the series, I think we'll care more because 
we know you know we know more about these characters and their interactions Matthew says this is quite reminiscent of the MCU Netflix shows at times which I think I only really watched Jessica Jones of those um, uh, I watched all of them <laughs> but but I agree it does seem more rooted I mean I, I'm obviously not expanding on things that aren't in Matthew's text but I think that it does seem more kind of grounded in in people's lives it is about the lives of these characters it is not necessarily about these characters saving us yet from anything in particular no absolutely and and I yeah I absolutely agree with Matthew again I say this when he's not here to hear it I thought, oh, we should record this. <laughs> um, but absolutely, the well, the New York setting for one, the street level. Um, but I mean, you could, I suppose you could say that about Spider Man, couldn't you? Until he you know, does all the Avenger stuff. Um, but yeah, there is some, there is something, and and I think we are going to be seeing a crossover. Um, there is a lot of talk of Daredevil at the moment. Um, whispers. Um, and there is actually some stuff to point towards that. So um, Maya, uh, also known as Echo, is from the Daredevil um, comics. Ah. Uh, and so, yeah, there's been big fan pressure to try and bring Charlie Cox back. In fact, the only one of those shows where people are really pushing, only one of the Netflix shows where people have been really pushing to bring back the main character. I'm just here kind of Googling Daredevil because I just, I have no memory of this. No memory of this. There was, was a good. Netflix series? Well, it was it was the first Netflix of the um, Marvel Netflix series was Daredevil. Oh. And it was off the su- success of that. Then you've got the other Defenders. Cause you, if, I don't know if you recall, but Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, Iron Fist and um, Daredevil then built into the Defenders. Oh, I did watch some of Luke Cage and I did watch quite a lot of Jessica Jones, but I yeah, watched Jessica one Jones episode did. of The Defenders and did not watch any more. It was quite disappointing. <laughs> I, it wasn't Iron Fist disappointing, but it, it was quite disappointing. Um, but yeah, Daredevil was really good. The three series, I've definitely watched two. I don't know if I watched the third one, but it was increasingly getting more and more violent. Um, oh. There was a the whole thing with a meat hook, which was unpleasant. Uh, but I mean, great action, great story, um, and Charlie Cox um, played uh, very well. So he, oh, and this could be interesting. So the whole thing about Daredevil is that he's blind, mm. but he can, he can see through some kind of special. It, on screen, it's kind of depicted as a flames. Okay, it's interesting. And then there's also a whole thing where um, he has the Catholic upbringing, so there's this idea of the devil and and what have you. Um, and he hangs out in Hell's Kitchen in. Um, Ah. in New York, which hasn't been mentioned yet. But the, the ties, one of you've got Maya, uh, not Maya, Maya, who um, is Echo, hmm. who already has a series coming. Yes, yeah, I saw that. Which I think is interesting. Hmm. Um, but also there's the other mystery, which is Uncle. Right. So who do you at the moment think Uncle is? I'll be honest, I haven't thought about it. <laughs> Like I, I really have just let let it go, and I think that that's quite unlike me. But I just thought, huh? I guess you'll tell They'll me. Tell us sometime. Time. Yeah, <laughs> but I think that I I wouldn't have sort of reached. I, I wouldn't know where to reach in the MCU. Well, in a I way. mean, the, the, even within the story before um, episode three, 
I was thinking, well, it could be her dad, it could be Jack. Mm. Not not as a relative uncle, but you know, just as a you know, called uncle. Yeah. Um which are still possibilities, but what I think is coming and also from some of the chatter is um Kingpin. Oh, okay. So you prob if probably know him from Spider Man? Yes. If not Daredevil. God, I really have to scrape my brain sometimes. It's, I mean, I I have more of a memory of that than. Uh... So he was. Um, so he's been the main villain in the um, Daredevil, or one of the main villains villains oh, in the Daredevil okay. series, played by Vincent D'Onofrio, and he is amazing in that role. Again, fans clamouring to try and get him back as well. So whether we'll see him or not, I don't know. But he was also in um, the Into the Spider Verse. Uh-huh. Film. He the Kingpin was the main baddie in that. See now I don't really remember into the Spider Verse as much as you'd hope. Okay. <laughs> I remember how it looked. And I remember okay. that it was good. Do you remember someone looking really big? <laughs> like <laughs> abnormally big compared to everybody else, and he was the guy who turned yes. on the super collider. Now you That's... mention it, yes I do. That is the Kingpin. Okay. Mm-hmm. That would be interesting. It, yeah, it's it's quite it's quite a different scenario, isn't it? It feels it feels more like Batman, you know, like Gotham City problems. Yes, yeah, and I'd say the Netflix show sort of had a bit of that. It's the dirty, grimy, which is like kind of more thing. sort of henchman tracksuit gang culture. Yeah, absolutely, and the Kingpin. Uh, as you could probably guess from his name, mm. um, very much organised crime boss, etc. So it could absolutely be that the tracksuit mafia are part of his uh, his mm. lot. Um, I want to ask you about the tracksuit mafia. Yeah. Given some of the things we've talked about previously about the depiction of Russians, mm-hmm. what's your feeling on this? Are they Russian? Uh, well, at least one of them is because he says something in, in the subtitles. Uh, sorry, the um, closed captions say Russian. Fair enough. Um, but I felt they were coded as Russians. Yeah, yeah. European. I mean, I I think I think initially I was just a bit like, well, this is awkward and strange. Um, but I, then I also feel that like as we're kind of going through, they're getting more of a an empathetic gang yes. role. You know, they're funny. Um, they have other concerns uh, in their lives aside from crime. Um. Yeah, but, I, I don't know. Yeah. It's necessarily flattering. Still, though, is it? No, it's it's not flattering. But I suppose then again, what kind of hench gang is? I I would say I would hope that they're going to do a bit more with those characters. I wonder if you know everyone might team up at some point. Mm. Um, you know, they're quite entertaining. I think taping Hawkeye to a unicorn is is really funny. Um, <laughs> and they set them going. <laughs> I thought that was just brilliant. <laughs> and then when we came back in and on the third episode, I thought, you're right, I did want to see this again. This is hilarious. <laughs> I mean, that that's that's a better joke than anything we've had in Loki. So. I love it when they do, um, when Kate crashes through the roof and the guy <laughs> says, bro, I found her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, no, I, I absolutely know what you mean. I feel like in this day and age, surely they've been slightly mindful of this. So I don't know whether this is all we get, but but I'd be interested to see if they get to sort of stay 
full characters and and have more purpose i think um you know they're still in it so yeah. that's not as bad as i'd thought it was going to be and and i think also you know i was saying just before we started recording it, it's happened on account of um difficult matthew ailment circumstances that we are doing the first three episodes at once but actually i am quite glad we're doing the first three episodes at once because it really feels like a good solid half mm. of a series and honestly if i can't believe we've got this far into the podcast and i've not mentioned it yet if it had just been the first two episodes, I'm afraid what you would have had is me just talking about Rogers the Musical. <laughs> um, <laughs> whereas I've I've had a bit more time now um, and I've been able to breathe. And, uh, you know, again, we've gone a long way without me mentioning that Adam Pascal is in the MCU. And that's exciting. I was very excited once I looked him up after you'd mentioned it to me. It was very exciting, Laura. What a wonderful time. I, I watched that bit again earlier. Just because I had I had been wondering how flattering the musical was to musicals, but I decided that it was actually just great. So, <laughs> so if the this if they decide as part of the massive MCU that they're going to actually spin off and have Rogers the musical, you would go and see that, yes? Absolutely, without a shadow of a doubt. I, and I would have a great time. And I, I've got an excellent question from Matthew here, which uh-huh. asks. Where does Rogers end? They don't know about the time travel thing because there's the line in Falcon and the Winter Soldier about him living on the moon. So what's the final piece? Some Hamilton-esque thing about the good he did? What a great question! What what a great question, Matthew. And, and I really hope that we find out at some point how Rogers ends because I really want to know. I just, I hope it's it's like an incredible montage and then like they just by chance write in the correct thing. I think that would be great. <laughs> Maybe he's on the moon with Peggy. That would be nice. Just to pick up on that, even if they knew about the time travel thing, that doesn't preclude the moon, because he could be old Steve on the moon. I mean, wouldn't we know if Steve was on the moon? (laughs) No, I, I think they are deliberately being very vague about it so that they don't have to answer it until they have to answer it. Interesting. So that they can keep it open that if they did want to bring him back in for a cameo somewhere or if they chuck enough money at Chris Evans. (laughs) No, I hope they don't. I mean, part of me would have loved a he goes back and returns the stones or or something. Um, But now that we've got Sam as Cap, Mm. I think bringing back anything maybe you could bring back like a conversation between Sam and old Cap or something. I'd be fine with that. But ever bringing him back as Cap, I think just completely undermines Sam as being Cap. I think so. I think it would have to be Sam looking for him for a reason. Something yeah. he needs to know or, or, you know, he's the only person Sam could trust yeah. to tell him. It would have to be Sam's story for yeah. it to be any anything at all. And even then, I'd probably rather they didn't, but... Yeah. But they're still not letting me write the MCU, Laura, so... <laughs> Although, with Adam Pascal doing a wonderful line in... I don't know, is he being a newsreader, a narrator? What is it? It's great. I love it. It's hard to imagine that I didn't write that, because I would have. Um, I don't know who the actor is that, Iron, is that is Iron Man, but I just I think the bit where he does the thing with the hands and flies out, I just, flies out it's yeah. the best thing. <laughs> I really oh want God. to see this musical. It's not just me, surely. It looks like the cheapest costuming, though. 
I know. I feel like Broadway has higher standards. And yes. Better, significantly better. Like, imagine if you're a Broadway costumer, you'd be going, "I would never." <laughs> <laughs> you'd be livid, wouldn't you? <laughs> <laughs> Looks like they got them from like the news agents. <laughs> Decision to put in um, Ant Man. Mm. I guess because they needed some comic relief or something. Yeah. Bloody hell! They add another original Avenger, and it's a man. <laughs> well, you know, it's another not, white man. Not enough men in the Avengers. No, no, clearly not. No. Yeah, no, that isn't. That is not a musical I would be rushing to. I mean, obviously, I'd go and see it. Obviously, you go and because see it. we'd have to podcast about it. Absolutely. But, um, but yeah, I I thought it looked appalling. <laughs> oh, I did. I did feel slightly for Hawkeye, and I, and I really did enjoy that thing where the very concept of watching something that is about your life. I just, I don't think I've seen it encapsulated quite as interestingly. I hate to keep using the same words. It's interesting. It's likable. It is. <laughs> I did. One of the things I really did like though with that was though when you had the actor playing Widow, mm. um, you know, flipping across the stage and that and him having a moment. Yeah. Um, although, from memory, I think it was rather immediately undercut with some joke about Ant Man, and I, I was really annoyed the first time I watched it because I, I sort of not really connected in my mind. You know, I was watching this Avengers musical, and so I hadn't really connected in my mind the fact that he's watching someone playing his dead best friend. Um, and so then, when that did, it kind of hit me, and I was having a moment of oh, and then there was this like undercut joke, and so. I mean, it's that, still but... Hawkeye's fault, so you know. Yes, and it should and he's, have been he's, him. He's carrying a lot of that, as he should. Okay. So <laughs> there's a lot of things Hawkeye should carry, aren't there? Um, mm. um, another point from Matthew: uh, the bit where where they're in the street and uh, sorry, I was trying to remember who it was. I can't remember who it was. Anyway, someone sees someone. And Hawkeye assumes it was him, <laughs> but it wasn't. It was somebody dressed as Katniss. And uh, Matthew points yes. out the Katniss Everdeen ref was wonderful. I would like an Archer reference in every episode. Oliver Queen, Robin Hood, etc. I would like that too. That, I would like that good. too. Yeah, yeah. I, didn't, yeah, no, I don't think we got one in episode three, but that would have been fun. I didn't notice one. Mm. Although a lot of archery, which was good. Lots I really of archery. Enjoyed the way that they brought in the trick arrows. Because it actually felt quite organic to what was happening. In episode three? Yeah. 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 Kind of trick, trick arrow lottery. And they were genuinely funny as well. Yeah. It's just, it's just really big arrow is one of the best. Oh, I love things. the big arrow. And you would, wouldn't you? You'd have you a pim arrow. You would. That was just brilliant. And the fact that you knew it was going to be a pim arrow. So you're like, how is this going to work? It's just <laughs> really better than you could have hoped. Um, really, really good job on, on things like that. So... With regard to the suit and everything, and her kind of putting on the suit and accidentally starting a side story, indeed. Mm. What what are your thoughts on? Well, how recognisable is this Ronin suit? Because yeah, it's a black costume with some gold bits. I've sat down and watched a film a number of times that he's in wearing it, <laughs> and I wouldn't have picked that up if it wasn't the fact I was watching a Hawkeye series, you know. So from context, um, and. It's not like it, he would have normally been in the news wearing it because he was going after 
mob bosses, etc. So he'd be operating in the shadows. I doubt his victims are likely to go to the police or whoever's left, or what bits of them are left. So I'm a bit surprised at how recognisable this costume was. I mean, it did seem to attract attention very quickly. Mm. But yeah, wasn't it because because she was on the news and then the mob people saw it? Yeah, but I mean, even on the on the news reports, they're saying, is Ronan back? How the hell does anyone even know about Ronan? Yeah, I feel like there's some more things that we don't know. Well, I mean, the the implication is that... So I think when we saw him, we only saw him in uh, Japan, mm-hmm. was it? Yep. But I think from what they said in the news, that he'd also kind of cleaned up New York. And then we saw the um, yeah, him killing Maya's father i believe yeah uh, etc um, so that would have been part of that and i wonder if this is you know part of the when when they're talking about kind of branding and so on mm. i wonder how successful hawkeye's identity actually was that sorry Ronan's identity was as a as a branding thing you know but again as he said i think even as ronin even more so as ronin he would have been in the shadows you know, you wouldn't be giving press conferences. Well, this is what I'm wondering, just kind of... So, yeah. yeah, I thought that was a bit weird. But, uh, but yeah, her her putting it on, I think, again, I don't think there's anything so far in the show where I've kind of gone, well, why would you do that? Well, the only thing, actually, in the show is that I have thought, well, that just seems bizarre, is when she was fighting, once she'd put on the costume, mm. with the um, wine bottles, and none of them were breaking. <laughs> She kept, yeah, like, bouncing that. them off people's heads. You're like, what the hell are these things made of? <laughs> really um, expensive wine. Yeah, really, really, break. really thick glass. <laughs> um, I don't know. I don't have lots of expensive wine. Maybe that's a thing. <laughs> yeah, I, I like it, and I like it that's, that they brought that in. So that is one we're reminded of his guilt over all of that stuff, which then is a nice mix with him not wanting to... You know, I think even before his Ronin time, he probably wouldn't have been someone who would want to own the title of role model hmm. then particularly after everything he did as Ronan you know when he's like given the meal for free and everything I just think I think that scene is incredible I, mm. and I think that that's where I was like I'm actually going to be able to engage with this Hawkeye because yeah. Jeremy Renner just did a very very good performance yeah. in, in that whole thing it was yeah just very awkward very difficult very very well done mm. uh so maya yeah we touched on her earlier we did what what are your thoughts it's great to see her um i'm delighted to see them cast a deaf native american actress in the mm. deaf native american role um and i think she's just got so much um there is a word I'm looking for. No oh, presence. I was going to say energy. Um, what's the one? What's this is a science problem. What's the one where you've got the energy stored inside you? Oh my god! <laughs> it's the kinetic energy and something else. Potential energy. Potential. Is it potential? Energy? That sounds crap. Anyway, <laughs> I don't want to Sorry, have crap Abby. adjectives. <laughs> So science, you won't do for my words. Um, she just, she just seems just... very kind of fizzing with yeah, purpose and wound. energy. Yeah, and I, and I really like that. Um, it's sort of nice to see a character 
who is just so immediately the center every time mm-hmm. she's on screen and you can feel even when you're not looking at her you can feel that the room is looking at her and that's mm-hmm. interesting as well i think she's got a lot of presence a lot of energy and that is a quality you want in your antagonist yeah absolutely and i think antagonist is the right label for her because i'm guessing if we're getting an entire series with her as the lead we're gonna get a face turn I would, I would assume I mean, so. It would be interesting if they made an entire. <laughs> Actually, thinking about it, we're getting Agatha, aren't we, as a series? Well, and so maybe, there's this odd, there's this interesting team of people cropping up, and you've got, you know, Yelena, um, in her mm. anti-Hawkeye stance. Um, I think that's going to change quite quickly, though. <laughs> I think to get there, there'll be a conversation, and then she'll be fighting with them. I just I thought it was it was um it was a very caring introduction she got and I don't think you get that origin story for someone that you're not in for the long haul. Yeah. Um and by the time I, I looked her up I'd already sort of seen all that. Um and so was quite surprised to see that yeah, she's been signed on for a series so quickly and I think that is quite exciting because I think when Marvel invests in untested runs of things mm. like this, I think it, it really is quite exciting because you know that they've got good ideas. Yeah, and, and that makes, even more makes me think that Daredevil's coming into this, whether it's the Charlie Cox one or not, mm. because for them to have signed up the Echo series before Hawkeye even goes out, mm. knowing that Hawkeye is not the most popular character. So in theory, you know, this series could have bombed. It could have. And so that's why I think there has to be another spoke to it, which would make sense if it's, if it's Daredevil. Mm. Um, in terms of sort of the, the presentation of her being deaf, I mean, I can't speak to anything about deafness and representation of it. I really don't have any experience or connection to that but I do really enjoy the way that it works with different representations of being deaf and hard of hearing Um, and you've got Hawkeye with his hearing aid and Mm. kind of reference throughout um, and the work with the sign language and the signing and you know her asking if she's gonna have to stop signing her dad as a child and I thought all of those things are just you know, when you have characters with different backgrounds and their backgrounds are clearly mm-hmm. part of the story and the storytelling, it just makes for better television, I think. I found it really good television. No, absolutely. It's, uh, I was counting, and the first six minutes of the third episode are in Maya's world. There's very little spoken dialogue. Hmm. I mean, that's a really interesting thing to do i think again oh this is what you were saying about animals in the building possibly yes yeah so there does appear to have finally been a bit of a i would say i was going to say a spate of um <laughs> i can't think of the right word that's negative commentation it's the last thing i want so it was a, a moment word. yes th- thank you there does appear to have been a, be a bit of a moment at the moment with a deaf representation in media uh i obviously can always have some more but yeah we've got this we've got um so we've got both hawkeye and um maya here we've got makari in eternals the coda film uh and then also in murders in the building so there was that episode 
where um, a lot of it was signed. Yes, yeah. I was just going to add um, that also we've got Rose and Strictly. Yes, yes. Strictly Come Dancing, which is our version of uh, Dancing with the Stars. Yes. And um, um, and that's been, yeah, she's been amazing on that. Indeed. And um, also kind of woven um, that into her dance, which has yes. been really well worth watching. I don't know if we can put a link to the show notes to a Strictly dance, but, you know, it's not completely yes, we can. without relevance. Because if you are overseas and haven't had the joy of seeing storytelling in dance on yeah, that theme, was, you might be interested. It was gorgeous. Mm. Um and we yeah. won't go into detail here <laughs> no. as to why Dan, why is Dan still in the competition? But we, it's won't. Fine. we won't do that at all. Uh, <laughs> Sticking with my, uh, yeah, it's really interesting with the with the actress. This is her mm. first ever acting role. Exactly. Uh, and again, what I'm saying about kind of, they must know that they're onto a winner. With yeah, they must have the a lot actor. of confidence in her yeah. because so they quite rightly were determined that for this character like with the comics she was going to be a native american and she was going to be deaf and she was encouraged by her uh, her friends to put herself on tape and that's how that came about I but, love that. and then she found out i think on set uh of recording the, of uh filming this that um that she was going to have this echo series as well <laughs> so that's quite a you'd, quite a acceleration isn't it you'd think that would be in in the contract wouldn't it like you think, well, yeah. well I, I suppose maybe it just it takes time to get her with the stars aligned, but but also you, you think they'd ask her, yeah. <laughs> <Just check. laughs> Are you enjoying all this? Do you want to do yeah. your own? Is this series? all right? <laughs> <laughs> but um, I mean, absolutely, can't wait to see more of what she does. It's just yeah, and I love that there's there's two shots of it in the third episode, but otherwise there's no mention of her prosthetic. No. It's just that it's there. I was right, and there is also, I think, when she kicks Hawkeye, he looks a bit shocked or something. Yes. Yeah. Um, because it's it's a hard hitting than he was expecting. But um but yeah, so I just yeah, I love all of that. Mm. Um and the oh, when her father was dying, the fly away from here little dragon. That just oh. had me in bits, absolute bits. Yeah, I I thought that was just a, a beautiful sequence. And um what what's What's her dad in? I've seen him in something recently. I don't know. He looked familiar. Yeah, he is. He's, he's a unknown actor. I'm, I, you know, you can tell I did not come to this with with a high <laughs> level of homework, and I think part of that actually is because I enjoyed it as much as as much as I did. But it does start to feel quite disrespectful to the actors that you're trying to be really enthusiastic about. <laughs> you know <laughs> that bloke. Good. Oh, are you googling? Yeah. Oh well, clearly everybody thought that he looked familiar given the um, the articles, but of course with all clickbait you have to go through all these things. Oh, he was in Doctor Sleep, of course, which I told you. <laughs> just oh, yes, we were just day. talking about that. <laughs> <laughs> and that's yeah, definitely just, not where I've seen him. So. Yeah, um, he's also in Reservation Dogs, which I really want to watch. Which is, I think, yeah, also, Taika Waititi, yeah, yeah, also available through via Disney Plus. Oh, cool. Um, so yeah, I shall look at that. While we're on uh, the hearing side of things, I thought they did the whole montage with how he lost his hearing. Sorry, mm. how Clint lost his hearing mm. really well. And that, yes, there are going to be some consequences to that, particularly when you are the human one. Yeah. And I was thinking it's the kind of thing that we haven't really seen with with any of the other Avengers. There's There's been sort of less of us, apart from the kind of overall kind of grief 
aspect of things. We haven't really seen physical consequences, have we? Am I forgetting anything? The only one I can think of is uh, with Banner um, and his arm still being in a sling at mm. the end of Shang-Chi. That is true. But otherwise, no, I think you're absolutely right. Hmm. So, and I think, again, it is kind of defining this Avengers lineup as older and having of consequences. Mm. And I think that's going to look really interesting. And I sort of, sort of wonder how everyone else is doing, really. Um, yeah. yeah. So anything else from episodes one and two? Uh, I can't really separate them in my head, which I think is a good thing. No, I, when I came to do my um my notes on Friday, I just put all three into just different themes. Mm. Oh, quite sensible. Uh, oh, from from the first episode, mm. there's this watch from the Avengers compound. Oh yeah, yeah, there is. And that's what the tracksuit mafia were looking for. So I'm guessing that's going to come back again. Is it? Or important? it might be. Well, it, I don't, there's clearly something about it. So I don't know. I mean, maybe it's, maybe it's another like Edith device. Mm, Do you recall with the with this uh, sunglasses? Mm, yes. In yeah. Spider Man. Astonishingly, yes. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> then I mean, I assume it controls something or gives access to something. But it might be, actually it's interesting. We may not see it in this, but maybe we'll see it in something else. Uh, that's, yeah, I do like the the sort of thing that the Marvel does, where it kind of lets things loose into the MCU. Yeah, every so often picks them up later on. Um, yeah, I, I found one and two really compelling. Like it really flew by. I had a great time. I was really yeah. invested in it. I will say this week's it was only forty minutes this week's, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, and it definitely like the the sort of longer, kind of more ponderous looking at things. Um, meant that it felt like there was a lot less in this episode because there quite literally was. Oh, the fact that she's in her aunt's flat is also a very only murders thing. Oh, that's true. Yeah, there's a lot of things. Like once <laughs> I thought about it, it's like I feel like Disney was almost preparing us with like we've got this, and then once this is done, then you'll get Hawkeye and you'll be ready. This is where we find <laughs> out that Steve Martin's in the MCU. <laughs> that would be the thing, wouldn't it? That would. That would yeah. be season three of that is yeah. one of the Avengers gets killed in the apartment block and then they do their podcast about that. Oh, what if they're both trying to solve the same thing? <laughs> this is amazing. What if they do a well, Hawkeye podcast? We don't know the name of um of Armand's building, do we? This is a very good point. Mm. Anything could happen. Um and obviously we have seen Disney crossover properties crossover. Yes. So, you know. It's not completely out of realms of possibility. Um, last point from Matthew. Uh, thought holiday flight from Home Alone was in the car chase. It turns out it's actually Trans-Siberian Orchestra's metal cover of the Nutcracker Suite that Williams based his piece on. What a nice holiday detail. Lovely. That is, I think. You can't go wrong with a Trans-Siberian Orchestra metal cover of anything, really. I do like the, as I said before, the Christmas setting here is great, but also I think... Mm. In some, I mean, it's kind of there all the time because obviously when Christmas is Christmas, it is there all the time. But also I think there have been some quite subtle things. So again, with music, there was um, when she, I'm going back now to episode one, but when she was posing as a waiter and sneaking into the auction, you've mm. got the Carol of the Bells playing underneath. Oh, nice. That's... But but it's just kind of an instrumental version. That's... Mm. 
Yeah. Like it's not overdoing it, but it is That's, constantly yeah. in the festive zone. Yeah. And you kind of think, how did they do that? Because they filmed, well, I'm pretty sure they filmed in New York. It looks a lot like New York. I mean, there must be a movie, New York. That much of it? I don't know. I mean, they have a lot of money. <laughs> this is true. Yeah, they probably just built another New York. Didn't, didn't they film some of it last Christmas? Oh, well, that would help. I think they did. Because I went to New York in October, end of October, and it was already getting ready for Christmas. So mm. I think they, they really have Christmas stuff around a lot. I mean, not recently. Wow. This was like a long time ago. But I was going to say, <laughs> last year? No, not last okay. year. But, you know, I imagine New York pretty much runs on, on a fairly standardised cycle. It seems like yeah. a city that has its patterns and rules. Mm. Um, yeah, it's, it's like that for a long time. Well, I also have a new-to-me Christmas song. Now, oh, the yeah? Sweet Gingerbread Man. I hadn't heard that before. <laughs> that was really funny. Sammy Davis Jr. had to shazam it. Um, but yeah, I'm adding that now to my list. I hadn't heard that before either. I, I enjoyed it. It was uh, yeah. I feel like that's going to be making a comeback this uh, yep this Christmas. So it's really nice to have a holidays themed yeah show as well. I mean, I'm really I am a very much a tis the season kind of person. I like mm -hmm. uh, all the lights are up. Everything is decorated. It's all you know mince pies from now on. <laughs> um, so it's just nice that Marvel is is on theme for me. Yeah. Even though it wasn't shown at that time of year, for me, One Division feels kind of Halloweeny. I know it's got that particular episode, but just generally, yeah. So yeah, then it's nice right. to have this. You can have a, an annual cycle that doesn't include <laughs> um, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Talking of music, what did you think of the theme? Liked it. Yeah, mm -hmm. I, I didn't really have any great thoughts about it. It's it seemed genre-ish, mm. New York-ish. When I listened to it the first time, it kind of reminded me a little bit of Loki, uh, the theme, mm. not him. Because uh, it, I don't know, it's quite kind of propulsive. And I think it's got that kind of slightly ticking thing going through. Um, yeah. But then with what sounded like Jingle Bells, which always had Jingle Bells. Mm. Um, but no, yeah, I like Christoph it. Beck again. Yeah, yeah. from Lost. Yeah, yeah, I think he's done quite a few MCU things. Although I can't yeah. name any of them. Yes, I believe so. Um... Yeah, I don't. I don't think this is. I really thought the Loki soundtrack, as you know, was exceptional. Oh no, um, no, it's uh, slightly reminiscent. I felt. The but I like that this is again, like the soundtrack is more rooted in things. You know, like Matthew's done his detective work in here, but it's rooted in holiday films mm. and familiar things, and not so familiar things. And like you say, it's no small thing to dig out. A, I mean, maybe the uh, Sweet Gingerbread Man song is is a known hit. Um, to other people, and, yeah, maybe. You know, in America, it's possibly a big thing, um, but I have never heard it before. So that's nice. It's nice to dig stuff out and put it in. I think that's the thing that Marvel is very good at doing: is kind of collaging culture when it wants to. Hmm. I was a bit weird about Imagine Dragons. I did think that was strange. Possibly because they were playing down the road the other night. So that was for them also to be in the MCU was really confusing. Um, yeah, they now <laughs> exist in the in the universe. Yeah, you don't you don't often get kind of regular references to a contemporary band. I don't know. Is there someone on staff who's just super into Imagine Dragons <laughs> and was like, "This is how we get that cameo, guys." <laughs> I, th I think now that from Eternals we've got 
Batman and Superman exist in the MCU. I think all bets are off. <laughs> well, no, that's true. On 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 that point of stuff that's really popular in the states, but not so much here. I've spent years hearing uh, my American friends talking about a Charlie Brown Christmas. Oh gosh, I mean, I know it from the Buffy thing. But, yeah, and yeah. exactly, like it's like a cultural reference point, and. I don't know about you, but that's not something I've ever seen before. I have no desire to. I'm terrified of Charlie Brown. <laughs> You're terrified of Charlie Brown? Absolutely. I don't... I, just, it just leaves me really cold. I don't really know anything about it. I just was frightened of the drawing as a child. Okay. Well, then you probably won't be interested, but if anyone else is. <laughs> um, all of the Charlie Brown specials are on Apple TV+. Plus. Oh, gosh. Which is weird because most almost all of their stuff is original, but yeah. So uh, yeah, we watched um, the Charlie Brown Christmas the other day with my um, de facto nephew. Oh, was it good? Uh, it Would was you watch it every deep. Christmas? Oh no, no, I don't think so. But it's all about um, Charlie is upset about the commercialization of Christmas, which I wasn't see. what we were expecting when we put it on. It was more, oh, you like Snoopy? Let's look at this. Um, but yeah, so hey. That, that is unexpected. Well, yeah. what could be more festive than that? Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> Any anything else? Nothing. Nothing leaps out. Um, I I hadn't realised it was only six episodes. I mean, mm. I probably had at some point realised, but having watched the, the third episode, I was surprised that we were suddenly halfway through when we've only just begun. Mm. Um, I think part of it is probably because we didn't podcast about the first two because yeah. you know that's really come to be what consolidates some of these things in my mind. Um, and I am really enjoying it, and I suppose it's better if it's sort of short and sweet and done. Mm. Um, because you know I think we've definitely seen cases of of there being episodes of things we wish <laughs> that that were an episode too far. Let's say. Um, but yeah, I'm sort of not quite sure, not not sure what he's going to do in three episodes and is Hawkeye going to get home for Christmas? I mean, he better had really, right? I think he will. This has to end with a kind of happy family I think it will. Unless Yelena kills him. Well. Uh. So they could take it a different way. I mean, if it ends and they're all sat down for Christmas dinner and there's a knock on the door and it's Yelena. Then I will be annoyed because I want to see her before then. <laughs> Do you think we will see her in this? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, she's Oh, cast. interesting. Oh, well, I didn't know that. Yeah. So she's Oh, coming. spoilers. Sorry. <laughs> I mean, it was also talked about at the end of Black Widow that she was coming. Yeah, but I didn't know she was coming now. Oh, okay. Because bear, bear in mind that everything has been like moved around and messed about. So... I forget where okay. we are in the timeline. And also, I'm not entirely certain how many years after Black, Black Widow this is now. Must be a few. Uh, well, this is the Black Widow credit scene, isn't it? Mm. Which is post-Endgame, because Natasha said. Mm. Um, so, uh, yeah, anything up to two years. But probably not that long, because she's so going suppose... back to visit the grave. So, Basically, she'll see him on the news and be like, right, it's time. Uh, but they've only seen Ronan. So yeah, unless... but she will. I feel like more things are going to happen. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, he is running around, he is Hawkeye running around New York with a bow and arrow. 
and he's going to get rebranded. People would have. Uh, oh yes, of course he is. Um, <laughs> talking of widow, I did like um, that he said that Ronan killed. Uh, sorry, that the Black Widow killed Ronan because she yeah. did in a way. In a way. Hmm. In a way. I mean, way to shift focus. Yes, but it works. Hmm. And the other little thing that I liked was when Clint was in the ball pit. Yes. It reminded me of two things. One, the sandworms from June. <laughs> I'm glad Matthew's not here to hear you say that. <laughs> hey, they were really cool in June, but they it were. Did remind me of that. And also, have you ever watched any of the Big Bang Theory? The Big yes. Bang Theory. Yes, I have. Yeah. So Sheldon has this thing which I think they do a couple of times, where he's in a ball pit and he like rummages around. You can't see him. And he just pops up and says, "Bazinga!" Yes. <laughs> to both of those things those very yes. different things were going those, through my head those when I was watching that. opposite ends of the spectrum <laughs> I think those, the, the, the things that Matthew loves and things that Matthew <laughs> doesn't love <laughs> but I'm, I'm really hoping with this one they keep it away from the multiverse stuff or at least until the very end yeah I, I don't they're spinning a lot of plates then aren't they Really? Yeah, but I think that's the plan, isn't it? Just to kind of colonise everything. Um, no, but just in the series, I mean, because we've got all these kind of internal mysteries. Yeah. Each character basically has a mystery going on. We've got characters who need to get out of this into their own show. We've got characters coming in who are, frankly, quite a big story. Um, yeah, there's quite a lot to do in three episodes. And how much will they do and how much will they save? Because there is another series of this, right? I don't know, is there? I thought maybe there's not. I don't know. It feels it feels like six episodes is not enough. No. Oh well, I suppose it's enough to set Kate up. Um, yeah, but if they were going to do, you know, more like the actual comic run, six episodes is not really. Yeah. No, like, I mean, there's, I, there's I, a lot of things in it, so like it could it could continue, I guess. And I suppose that's the thing as well. Is Kate going <laughs> to just go back to school in January, or is she going to go to a different school? <laughs> that's the big thing we need to find out did she get kicked out or not yeah but you know is she going to go to like an Avengers school like uh, a young Avengers school she's too old for the young Avengers isn't she really oh I'm pretty sure she's part of the young Avengers they're putting together is she really I mean she's like 20 something yeah and, but and she's also like the nine. leader of it mm, could be could be but your archer has to be at the back that's like making your defender your captain I suppose that lead doesn't from work. the back well, okay. All right. Yeah, I think with her and you've got um probably Wanda's kids. I mean there's and... a lot of um the one out of the Eternals and Which one's the one out of the Eternals? Who goes to school at the end and oh, is a human now. Yes. Who is is a she in the Young now? Avengers? Could be. Oh, I, okay. I mean Sprite's definitely in something. Eternals? Hmm? Eternals? No, I I feel like Sprite is definitely a character in other okay. Marvel groups. No, um, interesting. Oh, uh, Loki, the young Loki, is yeah, in yeah. the Young Avengers. Um, I mean, Yelena, potentially. Although I think mm. she's more going to be part of this. Well, I don't know, because Val's putting together this team, it mm. seems. Dark Avengers or Thunderbolts or something. But Yelena, yeah, she's working with Val at the moment, but I have a feeling she's so popular that I think they're going to want to make sure she's on the, the light side. Which, I mean, I, I wonder 
if she is going to turn up to kill Hawkeye or if she'll have other things in mind mm. for Val, you know. Yeah, maybe. Be mm. interesting to see. And then where that story goes then, if it doesn't go to Hawkeye series two, where does it? Where mm. are we going? Are we going to the multiverse? It's hard to know. I mean, at least with Hawkeye, this show is being shown at the time it was meant to be shown, right? Yes. Which is not something we've had. Like, we're pretty much back on track now, aren't we? Yeah, I think it's the first one, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. And then Spider-Man. Yes. Mm. Yeah, which will be multiversal from what we can see. So I am desperately trying not to see. (laughs) This is quite hard to avoid. Oh, God. I think we know. Some of the things that we I know made. way too much about that film. I'm very excited for that film. I'm really yes. looking forward to that. I am, but that is not the podcast we're doing now. Oh, well done. Oh, that is good. Yes, I think I'll just see how things are going. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I think that's I think that's everything from Matthew. Um, Excellent. We missed you, Matthew. Clearly, we did miss you. Um, we still managed to talk for over an hour. Oh, never a problem. Well, never a problem. <laughs> I don't think you and I have ever, ever had a problem talking. <laughs> True. Um, and it's been a pleasure. I must say, I mean, the whole thing has has been a pleasure so far. And I'm really mm. glad I, I needed this to not be awful. It turns no, out. No, it's just, it's really nice fun. And it, it's got me feeling Christmassy. And uh, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm, I think I'm looking forward to the next episode, but I'm yeah. not on that kind of WandaVision. Oh my God, what is that next? <laughs> I think the thing is I'm enjoying spending time with the characters in their worlds. Yes. Like they're not in my MCU world. Mm. They're not in even my preferred parts of the MCU world. And I always I love stuff that's in New York because it really feels like such a New York feels like its own cinematic universe, you know? And I just I really enjoy watching pretty much anything that's set in New York. Mm. Um so even just on that basis, like it's always going to be interesting to watch. Yeah. So that's good on on all fronts. We've got great acting, great new characters, um, and they've done a surprisingly good job of making me interested in in Hawkeye. So <laughs> really <laughs> couldn't <ultimate> achievement. <laughs> really couldn't ask for any more. Like <laughs> I I I could probably watch it again and have a good time. Like I don't think I'd enjoy watching it again. Like I enjoyed watching Wonder Vision again, mm. but. But this is a good time. I can imagine, like you say, maybe putting this kind of thing on in the festive season. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. Excellent. So that is it for Hawkeye on Marvelous for now anyway. We'll be back next week to discuss episode four. And until then, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Eloquent Gushing. I'm on Twitter at Laura Geeks Out. You can find Matthew at Matthew Vost. Abby, where can we find you? At uh, this AE show. Fantastic. Well, thank you everyone for listening. Marvelous.